Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Double Coverage Podcast. I'm Stacy Blackwood here with Jake Thomas. We're uh, glad to be back with you after a couple weeks off. Uh, we had a few family things going on, so we've been off for a couple weeks. And yeah, uh, but we're looking forward to getting back into it. But before we get to our games this week, we both got kind of got a couple things that we need to get off our chest. So with that, I'm going to hand things off to Jake and. Uh, just uh, tell them what's on your mind, Jake. Hey, guys. Yeah. Um, you know, baseball season's over with. Uh, just one second. Grab- <clears throat> Excuse me. The uh, the Boston Red Sox. Uh, I mean, that team's loaded. They're probably going to be around for the next several years, as always. I mean, they're a big market team. They've got the money. But my rant tonight is going to be about our favorite team, the Atlanta Braves. And and more particularly on the ownership and and the fan base, ownership wise, um, Braves have have revenued up over five hundred million dollars this year alone, and I mean it's that is a you know a ton. I mean you think you got plenty of money to spend on, on free agencies, especially in the class that we got you know free agent classes coming up this year. And uh, this off season, I mean, there's rumors that Clayton Kershaw is going to going to uh, be let go or get out of his contract with the Dodgers. So there'd be a big pickup. Uh, Bryce Harper, I mean, Manny Machado. I mean, you can go on and on this class, this free agent class coming up. Beginning of the year, uh, in an interview, Alex, uh, GM uh, for the Braves, Alex Anthony. Throw Paulos. I can never think of his, you know, it's so hard to say his last name. But he said, leaving media, you know, the power to shop down any aisle. To me, that sounds like we're going to have to dig a big free agent this, this summer, you know, this uh, winter. Well, in the season, they asked him the same as that question. Libya Media has changed their mind, according to Alex, and has said, you know, I, we don't have the necessary funds to go after a big-name target. So, <laughs> what changed? I mean, if we're making all this money, and and really the only person who's got a big contract on the team now is, you know, of course, is Freddie Freeman. Right. And his Ron is like at $11 million. I mean, he, he'd be great trade, trade bait if we can get rid of him, but I don't know if we can. But, I mean, I mean that's your two biggest guys now. Mike Fultonavich, uh, he he proved this year to be – I still – I mean, I, I said he was the ace because, I mean, he was the ace of the staff this year. But he's, at best, a high-end two guy. We yeah, I agree. Two ace. But, but, I mean, he's on arbitration this year, so he'll get paid. I think we need to do maybe a two- to three-year contract with him because, I mean, he might be a trade bait, you know, if we decide to, to actually go after – a you know, a, a better, a better option. But, um, and then the fan base, I also want to rant about them. You know, I, I follow a group or a couple of groups on uh, Facebook and Twitter and stuff, but it's like they, they're, they're Braves fans. It's about all about the Braves. But, you know, I comment on that. I said, you know, I would be awesome to have Bryce Harper in the middle of that lineup. Uh, you know, you have Acuna, uh, Albies, Freddie, you know, Camargo and Harper. I mean, that 
that that ought to that ought to strike fear into any National League pitcher out there. That lineup. Mm-hmm. So when you make that comment, they're like, "Oh, we I would I would rather see the Braves lose than than see Harper in, in the Braves uniform." Really? <laughs> I mean, you you would rather see the Braves lose instead of getting better. You rather live in mediocrity like we have been for the past six, seven, eight years instead of seeing the Braves actually go after somebody and, and get better because of what what Harper has done. You know, he he did defame the, the, the A down there at Turner Field. But, but I mean, you got to let bygones be bygones. I mean, if it's going to improve the team, go after it. And, and I guarantee you, if the Braves did hire, you know, sign him, you'll be out there cheering for him the first game of the year. So, don't give me that crap. Yeah, you know, pe- people that well, say they don't want certain players signed because of past grievances. Yeah, especially a player of of, of Bryce Harper's capability. You know what he's uh, capable of doing on the baseball field. Oh yeah, I mean, give me a break. Yeah, I mean the the Braves are an organization that's end goal is to win a World Series championship. That's right. So. That means you should go out and get the best players that you can possibly get. If that means you got to give up a Mike Fulton Neves, Fulton Neves to get a true number one yeah. pitcher, then that's what you got to do. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's a business, and the business is about winning championships. And if you're not willing to sign and or trade the, yeah. the, the correct personnel to get the personnel you need to win a championship, then 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 what are you doing? You're you're just you're. I mean, for lack of a better term, you're pissing in the wind. Yeah, exactly. and, that, and and that's what the Braves have done for several years now. Yeah, you know we've talked back and forth about it several times, and it's it's one of those things that it, it seems like, you know, like you said at the beginning of the year, it felt like well maybe this year will be different. You're right, and uh, you know maybe this winter they'll they'll go after somebody, and and they still might. I don't know. You're right, it's something to watch. I, I'm I'm hoping they do. I hope they make a big splash because they're really just a couple players away from being able to compete. Uh, you know, with the Dodgers for to win the National League. Oh yeah, definitely. next season. So yeah, so that's Jake's rant, so to speak, for, yeah. for this week. Yeah, what's uh, yours, man? Uh, well, mine is the uh, so-called collusion between the Alabama, <laughs> or between the SEC officials in Alabama. <laughs> yeah, that, I mean, <laughs> this is one of the more idiotic things that I've <laughs> ever heard in my life. Right. I mean, it, it really it like it makes you almost. Uh, wonder, you know, what what these people are on. I mean, <laughs> James uh, Car- Carvel, Carvel for mm-hmm. you know, I, I don't know if he still works for CNN. He used to work for CNN. Yeah, you know, he came out with that big story you know, about the collusion and how, you know, because Devin White was suspended and Mac Wilson wasn't, and you know, the Alabama's got their hand in the SEC officials' pocket. <laughs> and uh, but but before I continue on, let me just give you a, a couple stats real quick mm-hmm. that just really shut this narrative down. Right. Uh, since 2015, the best Alabama has finished in opponent penalties, which means uh, the number of times your opponents have been called for a penalty uh, in each game, the best they have ranked is a hundred and second. <laughs> wow. So big collusion. So you know they the, uh, opponent penalty wise, their opponents have been penal, penalized less than ninety percent of college football. Yeah. In in two thousand eighteen, so far they're sixtieth this year. So they they are on track to be a lot better. But the past two seasons, 
they have finished dead last in the country in opponent penalties. Wow. So their opponents have been called over the past two seasons for less penalties in their games against Alabama than all the other uh, teams in the country. Mm-hmm. So eat that collusion conspiracy theorist. Yeah. But, you know, and as far just to, just to be more specific on the Devin White incident, by the letter of the law, it was a targeting. Yeah. I don't agree with the letter of the law, but the letter of the law, what he did was targeting. You cannot hit a quarterback above the head. No. Or above the neck. It doesn't yeah. matter if it was intentional or if it was, you know, he, he meant to hit him real hard because obviously he didn't mean to do that because he was kind of leading with his hands. But you cannot hit a quarterback above the shoulder pads. Right. I mean, that's – right now that's football one-on-one when it comes to uh, how, how you attack the quarterback. I mean, they just will not let you hit him above the shoulders. And if right. your head – if your head – is hitting the quarterback above the shoulder, they're going to call targeting because that's the rule. Yeah. And they didn't call targeting on Mac Wilson because he didn't even get close to hitting him with his head or right. in the head. If you slow it down and watch it, Mac Wilson's head was up and he hit Jarrett Garantino right in the chest. Yeah. I mean, yep. I, I don't know what these people are watching. I don't know what they're smoking. I don't know what they're doing. But they there's no collusion between Alabama and the SEC officials. They need to drop it. I know this is about a week old. This was really hot and heavy last week. Yeah. But uh, they, these people that, that have this idea that Alabama and the SEC officials are somehow in cahoots is just it, – it's flat-out ridiculous. And it's sad that anybody would even think that. Yeah. And I've got two points on that. Uh, I think it was either against Tennessee or Arkansas when when they was looking at uh, Devontae Thompson, or, uh, Thompson for um, our targeting. As you can see, he led with, you know, he, he didn't lead with his head. He led with his shoulder. That's what you're supposed to do. You know, you're not supposed to launch or anything, you know, towards a, a player. And, mm-hmm. and but, but you know, I I don't – I can't recall Alabama getting a targeting penalty this year yet as of yet. But, but whenever you see a big hit, you see Alabama guys, you know, leading with their shoulders. They're not, they're not leaning in with their heads. You know, they're doing it the right way. Um, and another thing about the collusion, uh, if, if we were really in the pockets of the SEC officials, then how come we didn't get, get any of the calls against Auburn last year in Auburn? I mean, that was an absolute joke, you know. So, I mean, Well, yeah. the, my, my view of, of referees, one, one, one thing is if, if they were held accountable mm-hmm. in the public's eye, the public would look at that a little bit differently. I don't think any SEC official or any official in the country for college football or NFL has any agenda when they're out there on the field. Right. I think when they make a call, they really believe they're making the right call. Yeah. I don't think any of them make a call when they know they're making the wrong call. Right. Now, as far as some of the replay re- reviews, I don't know why we have replay if we still can't get every one of them right. Yeah. That that that's a, that's a different story. I don't know. I mean, what's the point of going to replay if you're going to get it wrong? Right. Replay. Yeah. But anyway, enough on that. Let's uh let's get let's get going and move on to the games that we have this week. We have uh, several games to talk about. Uh, most of them include SEC teams. Mm-hmm. You know, that's kind of our bread and butter. That's that's who we are. And the first one we're going to talk about is the uh, the uh, Auburn and Texas A and M game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know this this game's 
it's it's kind of a weird game for me. You know, a couple of weeks ago, I would have said that Texas A&M wins hands down. Yeah. I'm not feeling quite as confident in them right now. Uh, but I, I do think they win. You know, I'm not sure Auburn can muster enough offense to, to outscore Texas A&M because I think A&M can get a couple scores in them. I think mine plays well. You know, they need a bounce back win after losing on the road in Starkville last weekend. But I do think A&M gets the win. I'm just – Auburn's offense is inept. They're not They're not able to move the ball on quality defenses, and Texas A&M has a really good defense. So, I'm going with uh, A&M on the road in Auburn, getting a victory by the score of 24 to 14. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm actually going the opposite way. You know, A&M struggled last week against Mississippi State. I mean, of all teams. I mean, Mississippi State hadn't done nothing yeah, on Yeah, but, but, but let's let, – I mean, I think that game was kind of a – it was kind of an anomaly because Mississippi yeah. State does have a really good defense. I yeah, mean, their their defense is one of the best ones in the SEC. I mean, and Nick Fitzgerald played the game of his life throwing yeah, the football last weekend. So, I mean, that then it was kind of the a Stephen Garcia versus Alabama game from 2010. Yeah. If people who remember that game know what I'm talking about, that that's the kind of game that that felt like to me. It was yeah. just kind of one of them anomaly games. I think A and M is a lot better team than Mississippi State. Mm-hmm. Just it just didn't work out that way last week. Right, but you know Auburn. You know you got to think about it. The net their their last three SEC games was of course A and M, and you got Georgia on the road, and you got Alabama. And I think they've got to have this win to to have any kind of confidence to beat beat the two the two big boys in you know uh, in the SEC right now. So I, I think they're going they're going to pull the I want to say a little upset here, uh, twenty seven to twenty four. Okay. Yeah, I could, I could definitely see that happening. You know, Auburn really needs the win. Yeah. But I just feel like the loss last week will put a little fire in, in Texas A&M. Yeah. And uh, I feel like they'll be able to uh, to get the victory down there in Auburn. It, it could go either way. Yeah, but but moving on to, uh, to a game outside of the SEC, we have uh, West Virginia at Texas. And, you know, Texas got beat last week uh, in Stillwater against Oklahoma State. Uh, and Tom Herman was real fired up. And to me, he showed he's very immature after the game with Mike Gundy. You know, I just – I don't understand Herman. He hasn't done – he has not won anything as a head coach. I don't know why he thinks he's some big shot. Yeah. He hasn't done nothing yet. I'm sorry. I mean, I, I just don't get it. But, uh, you know, Dana Holgerson and then they lost a couple of weeks ago to Iowa State. But they rebounded really well last week and got got the win. I believe it was on Thursday night against mm-hmm. Baylor. Really, they stomped them. Yeah, uh, I feel like West Virginia is going to have a little bit too too much offense with Will Grit quarterback. I'm going with West Virginia, thirty eight to thirty four. Oh wow, we're going uh, we're going opposite ways again, man. Uh, this is good. Um, you know, I've been high on Texas all year, especially since they beat Oklahoma. And, but you know, they it's not really a bad loss, but you know, it, they they did lose to Oklahoma State, and uh, but you know, like you said, I. What you know, I'm gonna go off for just a second, but Iowa State is is a weird team in in the Big Twelve. I mean, they they beat some high ranked opponents, and then they look like absolute trash against other high ranked opponents. I don't understand stand that team, but you know, West Virginia did take the loss to them. But it's a, it's gonna be a good back and forth game. But I'm gonna give this flight edge to Texas at home, thirty one to twenty four. Okay. Yeah, I mean, most of these games are really are really toss ups. You know, oh, we, yeah. we we try to pick the best games of the week. So, obviously, 
work. <laughs> All these games could go either way. But, yeah. but moving on to another game outside of the SEC, we're going to the Big Ten. We got Penn State at Michigan. And uh, I think the score will look closer than what the game really is. I think Michigan really controls the game from start to finish mm-hmm. with their run game, with their defense. You know, Penn State hasn't been the Penn State of the last couple of years this season. Uh Trace McSwirley just hasn't been quite as good as he's been the last couple of years. I think losing Saquon Barkley really hurt their offense. Yeah. And, and losing Joe Moorhead uh, as he's the head coach now at Mississippi State. But uh, I do think Michigan wins. I think they win somewhere around 30 to 24, 30 to 20. But I do think Michigan – it feels like Michigan wins by a bigger margin than what the final score may indicate. Right. Yeah, you know, the big house going to be rocking this, this week, no doubt. And – uh you know, I, I I would really love to see a rematch of Michigan Notre Dame because Michigan is a different team than than that team that played Notre Dame again the year, mm-hmm. and, and really Notre Dame's a different team now. Yeah, I agree. Team. So uh, that would be a really fun matchup. But you know, um, you know, Penn State's already lost twice, and I don't I don't see them winning here. You know, I think I think the big house is going to be too much for them. Uh, I'm actually going thirty eight twenty eight. Okay, all right, so. Uh, uh, we both kind of have the same kind of score margin, you know, seven yeah. to t- ten points, you know. But uh, moving on to uh, to the second biggest game in the SEC, and who would have thought that at this point in the season that Kentucky would be hosting Georgia for the rights to the SEC East crown? That's I mean, crazy. that's just crazy to think about. Hey, yeah. Mark Stoops has done a wonderful job there at Kentucky, you know, and, uh, you know, they've given him time. They've been patient with him. You know, it's been, you know, seven win seasons here and, and, and there. And he's just done a really good job of getting the type of players that he wants and developing them guys. And, and he's done a really good job. You know, in Georgia, they're coming off their big win against uh, Florida uh, in Jacksonville this last weekend. You know, and, and a lot of people talk about how Georgia's back after that win versus Florida. I don't ever think they were really gone. Right. But I, I don't put a whole lot of stock in, into that. I mean, I, I'd put some stock into it, obviously. But Florida really killed themselves in the first half with, with mistakes. Yeah. You know, their their first play of their pose- of their first possession, they had a touchdown to Felipe Franks just missed missed the wide open receiver. Yeah. And then they fumble it on a long on a on a, about a fifteen yard run. Then they throw an interception when they're driving the field. All in their first three possessions, and and you can't do that and beat a good team. No, so they really shot themselves in the foot early in that game. But Georgia took advantage of it, and they they got the win. Jake Fromm played his best game of the season, I believe, mm-hmm. this last week against Florida. Uh, but I'm going with the feel good story. I'm going with Kentucky at home. Wow, beating Georgia twenty one to twenty. Wow, wow. You know, I've been high on Kentucky all year as well. You know, they just, you know, and and the SEC East is on the line, and it's at Lexington. That'd be a feel good story for for them, like you said. Um, you know, Georgia come off that big win against Florida, and but Kentucky has been struggling on offense the past couple of weeks. You know, they and but they still got that workhorse running back, Bean Snell. I mean, that dude is just amazing. And and I think he I think he's going to have a big day, but I think Georgia's going to squeak one out and win twenty four to twenty three. 
All right, hey, it's that's gonna. It's I, I think it. I think it's gonna be the best game of of the week. Yeah, it's gonna go. Down I, I the think wire. as far as as a matchup wise and, and and the potential to really go down the wire, like you said. Yeah. I I mean, to me, whoever has the ball last will probably win the game. Oh, definitely. You know, and 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 props to Terry Wilson. You know that he hasn't played well all season throwing the football for Kentucky, Mm-mm. but that last drive. He made every throw that he had to make to win that game for yeah, Kentucky. Definitely, and, and and props to that defense for for playing. Lot. I think they got seven straight three and outs on, on Missouri last week. Yeah. So Kentucky, you know, they have a, they have they have a lot of guts. They're they're playing hard, and you know, at home, I, I just I just feel like it's it's one of those it, it it everything matches to me for for an upset. Oh yeah. But moving on to our last game, we have a. Uh, uh, you know the CBS primetime game between Alabama and LSU down there in Baton Rouge. You know this is this is another game of the century, so to speak. You know there have been several leagues in this in this rivalry, but uh, you know one crazy stat everybody talks about Death Valley. Alabama in this series actually has more wins in Baton Rouge than LSU does in the entire series of Alabama and LSU. Oh, is that wow. not? Is that not crazy? I mean, I didn't know that. That, that. that just shows Alabama's dominance, not just since Saban's been there, but just, you know, in history. In the history of, of college football, they have just been a dominant program. Yeah. But but as far as this week goes, you know, I, Alabama got a week off. You know, Tua could, could heal up that knee. He says he's 100%. He wants to give that knee brace away. I'd rather him keep it just for safe measure. <laughs> yeah, for uh, real. But, you know, Jalen had surgery this last week. You know, we'll kind of see uh, where he's at. I'm sure Saban will have an update uh, for, for us tomorrow you know, on his weekly press conference. But uh, as far as the game goes, I'll just be honest with you. I don't see a way of LSU winning the game. Mm. Alabama is going to have to turn the ball over several times. They're going to have to play really, really bad on offense because the truth is, to me – you're going to have to score at least 30 points, maybe even 35 points, to beat Alabama. Is LSU capable of scoring 30 to 35 points against this Alabama defense? No. And, and I think the simple answer is no. Mm. The truth is, right now, two is clicking on all cylinders. He hasn't thrown an interception all year, which that will eventually change. He'll throw one sometime, and it may be this week. Right. But the Alabama offense is too strong. The running game's too strong. The passing game too strong. There's too many playmakers on the outside. I think maybe the first quarter it's a semi of a game, but I'm just going to be honest with you. I think Alabama runs away with it, and I'm going with a score of 41 to 16, Alabama. Uh, before I get to mine, I got one question for you. Okay. Do you think two is going to play in the fourth quarter in this game? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'll say I'll say yes. I'll say yes. He finally plays in the fourth quarter of a game. Yeah, that, and that and that may have more to do with Jalen not being available than two of playing out of necessity. That that's true. That, I mean that that could be it. If Jalen wouldn't got hurt, I would have been more like, no, nah, he ain't gonna play in the fourth quarter because I'm I'm with you. You know, hey, and, and, and before I hate to interrupt oh, you, but good. before before you go, I don't want to act like we're some arrogant Alabama fans because obviously. Anything can happen. Yes. Any given Saturday. Right. But but all we can go off of is what we've seen so far this season. And so far this season, we have not seen anybody slow down to it. No. And and they nobody can put pressure on him. And I know this is going to be the best defense we play. 
I, I understand that. But Texas A&M is, a, is as good a defense as what LSU has. And what we put on them, 45? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I just – I just don't know how people can slow Alabama down on offense. And Alabama still has one of the better defenses in the country. Oh, yeah. It's not a it's not an all-time great defense, but it's a really solid defense. And I, I, I'm just, I just don't want people to think that we're being arrogant Alabama fans. I mean, we both love Alabama football, but we're realists. We understand that, you know, anything can happen. And it could yeah. be this Saturday that it happens. I don't know. But all we can go by is what we've seen so far this season. Right. And so far this season, Alabama looks unstoppable. Yeah. And, but go ahead, Jack. I'm sorry. Oh, you're good, man. And, uh, yeah, you know, too, when he, when, when him and his receivers get on the same page, I mean, they're, they're lights out. I mean, when, when Judy splits that steam and goes right up the middle, I mean, a corner can't keep up with him. That dude is, is just quick. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and, and he, and Tua had eight, you know, he had seven, eight seconds of throw the other day. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, when he's got that much time to read his progressions, I mean, that's, that is crazy. And I mean, all the playmakers we have on off on the offensive side, the running backs. I mean, both Harris's, you know, uh, Justin Jacobs. I mean, that that dude's coming out of the backfield and catching some balls and and running upfield and hitting people. I mean, I love seeing that too. And uh, but you know, I did, you know I asked you a question a while ago if two would play in the fourth. I uh, I I'm with you. I think he made he made. A couple of series in the fourth this thing, but but by the end the game's gonna be out of hand because, like you said, you know we 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 just go off by what we've seen and and really LSU's going to beat Alabama with Joe Burrow who's had him. I mean he didn't even throw a touchdown pass against Florida, or you know, or, you know the other day against um, Georgia he didn't really have that good of a game. So I mean he's 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 going to have to have like a perfect day. Alabama's going to have to make, you know, fumbles, interceptions, mistakes here, there, everything. Just in a perfect storm just come through if it's going to, you know, if there's going to be any kind of upset. I mean, it's going to be loud at Death Valley. It always is. But uh, I think Alabama, I think I think we're going to win about 48 to uh, 17. Yeah. You know, so so we're both looking at the game pr- pretty much the same way. Yeah. And, and just so people listen and know, me and Jake have no idea what the other person's going to say. We just – we, we I, I'll let him know which games we're going to be talking about, and we each have our own notes. And yeah. We're hearing each other for the first time as far as our prediction goes. Yeah. But I, I want to say something else. You know, that everybody's talking about Joe Burrow, and, and I think he's playing okay. He's he not is. great. But to me, he's just another Danny Etling. Yeah. But he's he's a little more athletic than Danny Etling was. Might be but, a little bit more accurate. I mean, and, and he may be a little more accurate, but he's, he's a – He's not, he's a little bit of an upgrade, but he's he's not enough of an upgrade to beat Alabama. No, and, and and our prediction has has really has nothing to do with LSU and everything to do with Alabama. Right. I mean, I I, I just can't stress enough that that we're only going off what we've seen so far this season, and so far this season, Tua has picked apart everybody he's played. Now you can talk about the competition however you want, but I mean. That's all you can go by. Yes. He's, he's he. When guys are not open, he throws them open, and when they're open, he hits them right in stride. So that, that's how it is right now, you know. Yeah. And and like you said, Josh Jacobs is is running the ball well, and then mm-hmm. he's catching the ball out of the backfield. Yeah. So, uh, you know, it's it's really a complete offense. Uh, I, I we'll probably punt a couple times early in the game. I, I could see that happening. Yeah. 
so but I, I just it's, it's it's hard to fathom uh, LSU being able to, to score enough to beat Alabama in this game. I agree. Uh, but that's all we got for this week. Uh, we really enjoyed getting back into doing the podcast. I, I've missed it the last couple of weeks, and I know Jake has too. Yeah. Uh, we're really having a lot of fun doing this. Uh, you know, uh, you, you remember to, to follow us on Twitter at DoubleCub underscore pod. You can follow myself, Stacy Blackwood, at Blackwood89. Uh, Jake, what's your Twitter again? It's uh, JT, uh, JTH at Double Cover. Okay. Uh, well, like I said, we're enjoying doing this. Please give us some feedback. Uh, if you got something you want us to talk about, please let us know using the hashtag double coverage. And we will talk to you again next week. Y'all have a good one. See y'all. See y'all.